This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome along to the latest Liverpool Echo Blood Red podcast. The international break is over and Liverpool are back in action against Brighton on Saturday. It's been a month, Gorsty, since Liverpool were last in Premier League action. It's great to have some proper football to preview again. I know you've been away yourself to rejuvenate during the little international break that we've just had. And I suppose a lot like the Liverpool players, just taking the opportunity really to have a bit of a rest ahead of what's going to be a big period for Jurgen Klopp's side. Yeah, more weather training before the um, 13 games in six weeks. Um, it's strange, isn't it, when you think Liverpool's last uh, Premier League game at Anfield was August the 31st. They're playing, obviously, tomorrow on the 1st of October. An entire month without a game at home in the Premier League. Um, what is it? Nearly a full month since the last Premier League game at all. Nil the draw with Everton on September the 3rd. And then the squeezing in you know, almost a third of a season into six weeks, is it? Um, just kind of obviously the way it's panned out with the postponements of the games and the international break and, and obviously the World Cup, which is a bit of a unique prospect for, for the whole of the football calendar, isn't it? So, um, yeah, it's going to be a little bit similar to the back end of last season. I think Liverpool played 16 times between the beginning of April and the end of May, the Champions League final, obviously. The 63rd game of that season, so it's going to be something similar. It's um, going to be busy and hectic, but to be fair, given the fortnight or or actually the last month that we've had in terms of things to talk about and discuss on on this podcast, we certainly prefer it busier than quieter, don't we? So we're going to be loads to get stuck into um, over the next few weeks, and yeah, finally football is back. Um, Brighton Roundfield tomorrow, Saturday. Afternoon, a little, a little bit humdrum, but I think Liverpool need to be a little bit wary of not slipping into that kind of attitude and just assuming that it's a bit of a foregone conclusion and Anfield's a bit of a bit of a library and Liverpool think that they can just turn up and win the game because uh, I was actually looking at the results against Brighton in recent years and, and and every game has been really close. Brighton have really given Liverpool a game, you know, certainly over the last couple of years and when they come to Anfield, they obviously drew in the last season and. Uh, I think they won, didn't they? When they, when they passed of that six-team losing streak, when um, Liverpool was just, you know, completely gone to the wall at the start of 2021. Um, Mohamed Salah scored a couple of years ago in a very narrow early season win. So, yeah, every time they play them, it's always a, it's always a tough one. So um, Liverpool need to be kind of switched on, and um, I suppose Liverpool's season starts here really. Yeah, certainly one that they need to, to get the three points in. We'll talk a, a little bit more about Brighton and one or two of their players and the new manager, of course, in, in just a second. But uh, Theo Squire is, is with us as well. I was tempted to ask you about Eurovision, Theo, but we'll brush over that. We'll move on to uh, some injury news from Liverpool <laughs> instead. If anyone doesn't get that, by the way, the full Jurgen Klopp press conference is available on the Blood Red YouTube channel and podcast channels. But uh, Theo, we sort of mentioned there about the, the chance to, to rejuvenate. Obviously, there's still two or three players who are not back yet for Liverpool, but certainly one or two who are. That's going to make a big difference over the next few weeks. Yeah, it should do. We talk about how intense this fixture period is. And for the last few weeks before this break, Liverpool haven't really had enough players and it's the same midfield again and again. It's like they're down to the bare bones again. And yes, they signed Artem and Mello to big up the numbers, but it was as players were gradually returning. And now you look at this run of fixtures, they need everybody they can. Like the only reason they were able to go so deep into last season and nearly 
deliver this quadruples because they could rotate so much and because everyone pretty much was fit. And now they're in this, hopefully in this position where they can keep players uh, free from injury for a few weeks. Um, some big returnees come in. Canate, I suppose he's the main one out of this next crop. Uh, in a few weeks, we'll maybe see Calvin Ramsey making a, a Liverpool debut. Klopp did say at his press conference, it's too early to see him playing. He's just going to be training. Canate might be involved at the weekend, depending how he does in training today in these horrible wet conditions up at the, the AXA Trading Centre. And he also gave a little update on, I think it was um, Robertson, uh, Oxley chamberlain Cater, and Curtis Jones. Robertson could be another couple of weeks. The others, maybe the end of October. But the end is in sight. Liverpool's squad is nearly complete. You probably expect a few more injuries to be picked up in the weeks ahead. It's impossible for it to not happen when you are playing two, three times a week, every single week. And then you're going straight into a World Cup. And then you're going straight back into, I think, the League Cup game, potentially, and then the Premier League again. Klopp had a little grumble about that at the press conference as well. But, yeah, we, we know how important it is for Liverpool to have their players free from injury. And um, when they do, they can go right deep into the season. When the injuries stack up, we've seen their efforts derailed. But, of course, it's also Echo that needs to keep their reporters free from injury. Unlike Gorsty today, I believe he's got a bit of a bad back. So, hopefully, he can uh, rest up well tonight and be fit and firing at Anfield tomorrow. Yeah, yeah I've been carrying, carrying Theo for too long. We back finally got <laughs> Tom Cavilla, you're with us as well. I mean, Theo mentions Ibrahim Akonate there. I was going to mention him, one or two others. Again, there's there's going to be quite a bit of, of rotation probably across the, the next few weeks. And you know, that is probably exactly what Jurgen Klopp have been hoping for at, at the start of this season. Yeah, I think, um, you know, like you said, it's not a bad thing at all, is it, for Liverpool having all these players back? Um, Klopp's have not had many players to pick from this season. Um, you know, we've seen all the injuries they've had in the team. You know, that, that's not been any help to Liverpool. Uh, probably contributed quite a lot, actually, to the some of the results they've had, just having a lack of options, really, on the bench. Um, so, yeah, it should make a, a big difference for Liverpool, particularly with the amount of games they've got to play in October. So, yeah, if Liverpool are stuck, you know, in a game, you know, needing a bit of... Um, impact from the bench they're going to have quite a few options to bring on which will be good Brighton could be one of those games where you know Liverpool it's hard to break them down potentially bit of a close game like Paul said there's been quite a few of them um, in recent times so if Liverpool are struggling you know they've got options a few more options now they could bring on and um, yeah it's come at a good time particularly with nine games this month and Liverpool need to get as many points as they can before the World Cup so yeah, it's it's a real boost to have some players coming back. Be good to have um, you know the others coming back as well to get a fully fit squad. But you know, even if that does happen, you wouldn't have thought it would last for long. Um, I think Liverpool had a couple of occasions last year where they had that luxury of a full squad, and you know it never tends to sort of last too long. And there seems to be an injury the first game as soon as you think you've got a full squad. So, but yeah, it's it's a positive for Liverpool. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's going to be a, a really almost defining period, Gorsty. It starts tomorrow, mm -hmm. as Tom says. I think it's it's nine or ten games. It's two or three league games in November and, and then the World Cup. I mean, you kind of, we've seen it across the, the last few seasons, really, with Liverpool and Manchester City. Whoever goes on to win the league tends to have to put together a run of wins and a run of results. And that's that's kind of the position that Liverpool are in now. It's, it's probably more obvious with the World Cup splitting the season up, but at some point, if they want to, to get those big prizes, they are going to have to go on a bit of a winning streak. 
Yeah, definitely. I don't think it's got, it's got the potential to kind of make Liverpool season these next six weeks, but certainly got the potential to break it. If you think of if they carry on in, in the kind of form that they have been since the start of the season, they're going to get to the middle of November for that World Cup break, and the, the title could could be long gone, couldn't it? They could be could even be out the Champions League, and and then you're looking at it coming back on Boxing Day, and you're thinking, well, what's left to play for? We're still waiting on the, on the FA Cup to begin, and and see what's happening with the kind of cup at that stage so yeah Liverpool really needs to kind of um, heed the warning signs I guess because they haven't been great all season we know that and we've spoken about that loads on this podcast um, but somehow they're still kind of not too far away from Manchester City are they and of course Arsenal the Premier League leaders and whatever else but I still think it's only City that Liverpool really need to properly focus on for now in terms of other teams results um, and it's not only a, a kind of jam-packed fixture list, it's the importance of some of them as well. Obviously, City are in there, Arsenal are in there, the, the two games against Rangers are going to be lively in the Champions League, and, and the Carabao Cup defence begins a little bit towards the back end of that run, doesn't it? So, um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot to play for, and Liverpool needs to kind of um, get back to the levels that we know that they, they are used to. And um, I wouldn't necessarily say it's been an excuse for why Liverpool have been so poor this season, but the injury list has been a partial explanation. That is kind of uh, withered and down now, isn't it? There's only a handful now. There's four, I think. Um, Oxley Chamberlain, Cater, Andy Robertson and um, Curtis Jones. Jones hopefully isn't too far away. Klopp said today that Robertson, he saw him out running on the pitches. So if it's not next week, then it'll be the week after. And then um, Cater was always scheduled for some point in October. Um, haven't had too many updates on Oxley Chamberlain, but um, hopefully he's not too far away either. And you know, then Liverpool really will have a full complement to choose from. But it's certainly the the injury problems have, have definitely been easing in the last couple of weeks. You know, Henderson played for England, didn't he? Thiago's back now. Canate's back in training. Um, and we've even seen the lesser spotted Calvin Ramsey getting involved. So um, slowly but surely, the, the problems are lessening on that front. And Liverpool can't really look to that as a kind of explanation anymore. They've, they've got to start turning the season round, starting with Brighton tomorrow afternoon. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I know this kind of sort of contradicts in, in some ways Theo, the, the point around the injuries and, and wanting to keep as many people fit as possible. But I do always think that when there is a bit of a run of games and Liverpool can play a couple of times a week, they, they can get into a bit of rhythm. We know how much Jurgen Klopp loves that and he loves sort of getting into a, a position where they're playing regularly and, and getting into it. Again, it's 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 not an excuse. Obviously, they've had a, a couple of, of, of weeks where they've not had those games midweek. They've had a couple of games postponed. It, it doesn't quite feel to me up to this point that they've been able to get that rhythm but I suppose the one thing you can say over the next six weeks is they're going to have a lot of games to be able to put together that run. Yeah it's like normally you hate when the international break comes along because it breaks up Liverpool's rhythm because they've been winning games they've been playing well and you just want to keep them on the pitch to pick up these results. This time it's this rare position where it's come at the perfect time for them with the, the games being suspended before the break as well because it's the chance to get players back on the pitch um, on the training field and for them to regroup and go again, they can work on what's not been going right for them defensively and just work on, I suppose, the mentality in it as well, try and get the intensity back. Um, maybe there is a bit of a hangover from how last season ended. It's like when you look at the World Cup coming up, it's almost this season's three parts. 
So you, ha- you have this first section that's already done and dusted. It's not gone great. But Liverpool are still in touch and distance of the league leaders here. They play the top two in the next few weeks. If you get a good results in those games, that builds momentum, it builds confidence. And then they can go on these runs. We've seen them go on before. It does feel like it's going to be this uh, long straight after the World Cup where that is when the title will be won and lost. And you just need to keep yourself in the, the mix now. But when you get players back from injury, when they've got World Cup places to play for as well, for so many of them, it is the time to find form. And you hope that getting these games out can get something from them. But alternatively, I suppose when you're having so many games, it was also the undoing of Liverpool in these last few weeks because it was that time where you just wanted a week off where you could work on the training field and you can regroup. So thankfully, the group, um, the break's given them that now. It's just they've got to make it count in these next few weeks. Uh, just be glad Brighton's not a 12.30 kickoff on a Saturday. The fact that it's a three o'clock one, it's a nice kickoff time. Should have a decent crowd. Whilst Brighton have started the season so well, they're up in what top four contention. It's a chance to stake a, a claim that we're still in the title race. We're still a challenger, but you'd like to think Liverpool at their best will get the job done. Yeah, there's not not many early kickoffs over the next month or so. Most of them tend to, to be sort of evening, seven forty-five, eight o'clock. I think, which probably is, is no bad thing as well. But, but we've all mentioned there, Tom, yeah, about yeah. it being a, a big sort of period for for Liverpool as as a squad, but. I suppose it's it's a big period for one or two of the individuals as well. It kind of feels to me like Darwin Nunez, this might be the, the start of, of the season for, for him almost. Again, not particularly had the, the rhythm and the opportunities to this point. But again, for, for all of these players, they're all going to play a big part. And for someone like him, that's exactly what he needs, really. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, obviously, Darwin Nunez scored on international duty for Uruguay. So... Hopefully, you know, be coming into this game with a bit of confidence as well. So, yeah, that'll be a good thing for Liverpool. Um, it just hasn't quite, you know, we've seen him a few times now for Liverpool. A lot of it's been from the bench. And to be fair to Nunez, he's made an impact coming off the bench. We saw it against Man City, Community Shield, against Fulham. Um, unfortunately for him, the only game, well, the game he started against Crystal Palace and Anfield obviously didn't... Uh, <laughs> go to plan necessarily but um you know he's always looked lively particularly in the Merseyside derby as well he had some moments where he looked dangerous a couple of shots which Pickford did well to save but we just haven't quite seen that you know complete performance you know where you've seen him from start to finish really looking the part and attack so Brighton could be a good chance to um you know to do that they're quite a physical team Brighton as well particularly in defense so might be quite an interesting uh, battle for him going up against some of their defenders. Um, you know, the likes of Dunk, quite tall players. So, no, it should be a, a good test for him and, um, you know, a good opportunity to see for Klopp where where he's up to. Um, I'd like to see him start. I think it would be a good chance for him, you know, coming in off this goal he's got on for Uruguay. So, yeah, it'd be disappointing if he isn't starting, but at the same time, if he comes off the bench, we've seen him do it before this season. So, you know, I think he'll be in the right mood to sort of make an impact in this game. Yeah, whether it's Brighton or whether it's Rangers midweek or one of the other games, he's going to get a lot of starts as long as he can not headbutt someone over the next few weeks. I'm sure he'll get plenty of opportunities <laughs> to impress. I'm, I'm intrigued as, as well, Gorsty, by one or two others. Sort of Artur has almost gone a, a little bit under the radar now. A few people have, have come back from injuries, maybe not quite so desperately needed but we know he's been putting in the work over the last couple of weeks and 
I'm intrigued really just to see how Jurgen Klopp uses him over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, me too. Um, I'm, I'm not sure he's going to be starting too many games. I think, um, I mean, it depends on, on the injury score, doesn't it? Obviously, but um, he, he will, be, will be needed. He will be called upon at some point. But um, all you know, every, everyone you, you speak to and, and things you read and so on, it does seem as though he's really kind of knuckled down and decided that he wants to uh, to make this work. And and you know, his, his career stalled in Italy. Uh, didn't really play too much. The Juventus last season, did he? And um, he's only 26, so it, I think he sees this as a big opportunity to kind of kickstart his career. And, and, and fair play to him from you know from from what you hear. And I was reading last week, um, Doily was at Rochdale, and, and he spoke to Barry Lutus after the game, and, and he said, "Well, Arthur actually has to be involved in that game, and um, he's, he's desperate to kind of get himself up to speed." And um, I know a couple of weeks back there was talk of him kind of. Um, ignoring days off and, and coming into work during those just to kind of get himself as fit as possible during this break and um, you know um, the, the general consensus has been that he arrived at Liverpool kind of a month behind where the rest of the team are at in terms of their development during pre-season their fitness base um, so he's had, he's had pretty much a month now hasn't he to, to get himself you know alongside the rest of his teammates so yeah, um, all kind of very positive signs from him to willing to put the work in to get himself back fit and, and in for real contention. Um, so we will we will get a good look at him at some point. Um, just depends on, on where and when it's going to be, really. Um, but yeah, certainly someone who hopefully might be able to play a bit of a part. Um, only played 13 minutes, of course, off the bench in that nightmare at Napoli. You can't really judge him from that at all so um yeah we, we'll see in the next few weeks but uh, you know all all signs are positive from him at the moment in terms of his willingness to get his head down and work and, and really show that he, uh, he can contribute yeah certainly got some quality so hopefully we do see a little bit of him as we said be interesting to see kind of how he's used and it'd be interesting as well Theo as Brighton come to Anfield to see what they look like, obviously, a new manager. I'm not sure you can necessarily have a new manager bounce when you're already in the top four and doing really well. You normally get that when a team is, is struggling and they suddenly change. I suppose for, for Brighton, the challenge is to just do what they've been doing up to this point in the season. They probably didn't, well, they definitely didn't want to lose Graham Potter, but it'd be interesting to see how much difference they are compared to, to what we've seen before when Graham Potter was still there. Yeah, well, um, they're, they're a good team. They've been much improved under Graham Potter. He has taken them to that next level. Um, I don't think any of us are going to be expecting the new manager to have them in top four contention come May. But you think that that's the next aim for him is to maybe get into Europe or have a really good cup run, maybe aim for that seventh place. And they've got some good players, but at the same time, there's a few holes in their squad where you're thinking they're lacking that bit of quality. Thinking of, they don't have a big 20 goal a season striker that could take them to that next level, or there's a, a bit of lack of depth there. And then when they do have these talented players, as you saw in the summer with uh, Chelsea, they'll just go and sign your star players. But they're still a really good team that have turned into this newly promoted side over a couple of years ago to an established Premier League team. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what the new manager does with them. I'm going to keep saying the new manager because I'm going to butcher his surname, I know I will. Um, because what has been so successful then is this five-man defence and this system, their very specific way of playing, they play attractive football. It's what the players know. So how much has the manager been able to 
work with them over the break since coming in. We know there's going to be a bit of a language barrier. That was addressed in Klopp's press conference today. It's like, I don't think he even knows English yet. But then he wouldn't have spoken with Ukrainian, Russian, whatever it is, at Shakhtar. They beat Real Madrid last year. So he's obviously a talented manager. He knows what he's doing. Um, you're hoping that it's a good time for Liverpool to play them. That it's a time where they can take advantage where their ideas haven't really settled in yet. They're still coming to terms with it. And that there isn't this balance, and maybe there's a bit of a drop off because uh, a few Brighton players are sulking because they've lost Graham Potter. Um, but we'll see. Like Liverpool, they started so well against Brighton last year. It was it like 2 0 up, and then they ended up drawing 2 all. Uh, they can't take anything for granted. Yeah, they can't take anything for granted, Tom. They do have to, to win this game, Liverpool, but Brighton do have some really good players. We've seen you know, a lot of, of good moves and, and good play from them so far this season. The results to, to back it up as well. It's it's one that Liverpool should win, but maybe should be a test as well for them. Yeah, Liverpool, um, like you said, will be expecting to win this game, particularly after the results they've had over the last month or two. Um, you know, Liverpool just need to go out there and get the job done. Um, hopefully avoiding a repeat of uh, last year, like Theo said, when they uh, threw that two-goal lead away, which um, sort of was a bit of a theme at the, uh, last season. And at that time. Time. Yeah, Brentford, same thing happened a couple of other times as well. So obviously that's not been the problem for Liverpool. It's just been actually getting goals um, in general. So no, it's going to be a hard game. It's not going to be, you know, like the last home game against Bournemouth, the kind of match it being anything like that. But That'd be nice, but um, no, it's, it's going to be a tough afternoon. Probably won't be too much, too many goals. Um, but Liverpool, you know, they've got the quality, like I said, they've got the players back, so it's always hard to know what to expect. Like you said, with the new manager being there, because I'm sure Klopp will have sort of studied his, you know, how the team plays at Shakhtar, what his sort of style of play is. But it's kind of hard to, you know, go off anything if you haven't seen it in, in action at Brighton. So yeah, it's probably a hard game for them to prepare for in a way, in that sense. But, you know, they've just got to go up there and get a win. And, uh, yeah, I think they'll probably do it in the end. Yeah, it'd be interesting to, to see sort of what Brighton do go seeing. Obviously, from a Liverpool perspective, it's it's just a case of trying to prove that they're the, the better team. Obviously, the table doesn't show that at the moment. They've not left themselves with loads of, of wiggle room. And as the lads have said there, I mean, Liverpool... Liverpool didn't win this game last season, so it's it's certainly not going to be easy this season. Now, like, like, like I said earlier on, you know, all, all the games at Brighton always seem to be really hard fought. I think aside from one down on the south coast, just before Coutinho left, I think Liverpool have always really been given, you know, kept honest by Brighton. And it'll be the same tomorrow, I'm sure. Um, obviously, massively, you know, upheaval with them losing prop, uh, Potter. Certainly didn't want to... Lose them, but they're one of the best best run clubs in the Premier League. I'd say to be to be fair to them, they, they just quietly go under the radar, don't they? Signing really decent players, and, and they've always got a plan. So um, Roberto Deserbi is it? Um, he's obviously got Champions League experience, hasn't he, with, with Shakhtar, and, and he was at Sassuolo as well. So yeah, um, I think a few people were kind of throwing in a few more familiar names once um, Graham Potter had moved to Chelsea, but. As I say, this sort of club who are very well run and kind of keep the finger on the pulse. So they'll have a plan, I'm sure, but Liverpool ultimately need to start getting back into the can form that we know that they're capable of. And I think Brighton possibly might just get caught up in that on Saturday afternoon. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
Yeah, I think the, the one thing I've seen a few people say about Deserby is that his teams tend to attack very well, but maybe don't particularly defend very well. So hopefully Liverpool can take advantage of that. But just before we finish the podcast, we will pick our teams for the game. Alison Becker will be in goal. Gorsi, I'll come to you first for the defence. I'll let you go through yours, but for me, it's it's fairly obvious. This one, obviously, Robertson still out. There's not loads of, of decisions elsewhere to be made. Maybe at centre-back, but which four are you going to go for? Yeah, I, I, I don't think that there, are, there are many choices, to be honest. Um, obviously, Trent's coming back in. Um, Costa Simakas in for Robertson, and then... Matip and Van Dijk. Um, obviously, Canate's back in training, and that is great news, but he hasn't played competitively since the end of May. Um, and there's even an argument to be made for Matip when you know both players are kind of in form. Um, I probably would side in the Matip camp over Canate anyway. Um, just, I don't know if there's particularly anything wrong with Canate anyway, but um, just a massive fan of Matip. So, um, yeah, that's uh, that's my back five. Yep, same for me. Theo, any difference or are you the same? No, it's the same. Um, I think last time Trent was dropped by England, he bounced back with a brilliant display away at Arsenal in a 3-0 win, got an assist. Next league game after that, you got uh, a last-minute winner against Villa, so hopefully a repeat of that against Brighton. A few assist goals will be a perfect statement to send out to Southgate. It's got to be a Simic asset left-back and then probably do lean with Matip. Don't want to risk Canate. Klopp says they'll see how he is in training, but there's so many games coming up. You, you don't want to put him in too early when you've got the options there, so you don't have to. Uh, they're in a, this positive situation with Matip and Gomez that they didn't play for the countries over the international break, so they'll be well rested. And I think Matip, he is ahead of Gomez in the pecking order, so he's the obvious choice. There is going to be rotation at some point, Tom, at centre-back. And obviously, Joe Gomez didn't have the, the greatest game in his last appearance, but has had a, a good season up to this point. Is there is there any argument for, for him, do you think? Not maybe necessarily with Brighton specifically in mind, but possibly with the, the future matches as well to come. Yeah, I, th- I think um, you know, Gomez has usually been quite a reliable player for Liverpool. So I think his issue a lot of the time is been more down to injuries rather than you know his actual form because you know that season where Liverpool won the league you know he was excellent alongside Van Dijk that season and and like I said whenever he has played most of the time he you know he's done done very well just unfortunate that performance against Napoli happened at a time when you know Matic was also available for selection so he's now come back in and you know got his place back as it were um, yeah, I think we'll still see plenty of him this season because just because of the amount of games there are, really. You know, he's a player that Klopp can count on, same with Konate. So, you know, he's got plenty of options now in that area, but that's that's no bad thing for uh, Klopp. It may just be a case of, you know, Gomez is more likely to start, I guess, the cup matches, FA Cup, Carroll Cup games. Um Klopp's probably, you know, he's more likely to stick with Matip and Van Dijk for most of the league matches, you would have thought, unless there is like a, you know, a midweek game followed by, sorry, a Saturday game followed by a midweek game. So every week for the rest of the Yeah, week. there's going to be a lot of that, exactly. So he will get his chances over the season, I would have thought, yeah. Yeah, definitely. A few options in midfield as well, Gorsty. We'll move on to, to that next. I think there's probably Thiago and, and Fabinho nailed on the third one, though. Uh, yeah, I'm going to bring Henderson back in because I just think that is probably still Liverpool's first choice midfield where everyone's fit and ready. And um, I think we've made the case a few times now about Harvey Elliott has, has done well 
at times in possession, but I think Liverpool lack a certain physicality when he is in the middle of the pitch. And they're not quite at the level at the moment where they can afford to just drop Elliot in and just say, go and do your stuff and, and the, the rest of the team will be able to cover for whatever kind of deficiencies he has. I think Liverpool need everyone kind of, um, you know, ready to stand up and be counted just at this period. And, and I think Henderson, you know, what you're going to get with them, don't you? Yeah, I'm in agreement, actually. I think there's, there is an argument for Harvey Elliott, but maybe maybe save him for, for midweek. Theo, are you the same, Thiago, Fabinho and, and one more? And if so, who's the one? Yeah, I think so. Um, with Henderson, it's a tricky one because I don't think we expected him to be called up by England, even though he was ahead of schedule and obviously he's trained and seems to have not suffered any setbacks. He only had a stoppage time appearance in one of the two games. It's like, how ready is he really? How happy were Liverpool that England called him up for two, not meaningless Nations League games, but by the time that second one came around that he played in, it was a dead rubber. So it was like, was it a needless risk or was it just they happened to be there at the right time for him to get those minutes? And if there hadn't been an international break, he'd have made that substitute appearance to Liverpool. So if he's ready, I think it's time to put the captain back in, just give him that little bit of leadership uh, starting this one. Uh, Elliot, he's had an up and down start to the season. He looks so good offensively, but there's been a few critics, I suppose, for his defensive contributions. You could always stake a claim for Artemelo as well. So maybe this is time for him to get his first start. So I'd certainly like to see him get more minutes off the bench. But we'll, we'll go for the, tri- uh, the three experienced ones who started the season as first choice. And then as the games come on, that's when you rotate. That's when we'll have to see the other ones. But when it's the first game of this run, you can go with your strongest. Same for you, Tom, or are you mixing it up? Yeah, I think I'll stick with uh, the three the guys have said. I think, like, as they've mentioned already, it's probably the safest option in this sort of game. Yep, definitely. Let's move on to the uh, forward line then, Gorst. Yeah, a couple of, of decisions to, to make in, in this area. Which way yeah. are you going to go? Um, yeah, I think it's just a, a bit of a toss-up between Jota and Nunes, isn't it? Um, tough on this. Tempted to kind of play it safe and, and go Jota because you'd know what he's going to get with them. And I thought he was he was good against Ajax in a kind of work hard, scurrying way. Um, never really gave Ajax a minute without the quality that we know he's got just because it's been so long since he played properly and he was in the, uh, a good bit of rhythm, as, as Klopp likes to say. Um, but then I just think that coming off that goal for Uruguay, Nunes could really just do with just something going for him, couldn't he? And, and it could be the, the thing that kind of takes him into flight if he has a good game tomorrow. So um, I'm going to go Nunes down the middle and obviously Salah and, and Diaz you know, on, on the flanks. I'm going to go with Jota and Nunes, I think. I think Luis Diaz only came back early yesterday, so possibly there's an argument to, to save him for, for midweek, but it is a tricky one. Theo, which three are you going with? Uh, I'm going along with your reasoning. Um, if you look at the, the forwards over the international break, Diaz was playing, I think, early hours Wednesday morning, wasn't he? He only got back yesterday. He hasn't trained yet. He's probably in training right now as we speak. So it's the first time that we've had a chance to look at him. Whereas I know um, Jota and Nunes missed training yesterday, but I think that was more of a precaution. Jota had said he'd been a bit tired, but they'd already played the day before, come back. Um Part of me is tempted to go with Firmino because he didn't actually play for Brazil and their games were only in France. Nunes, I think, was in Bratislava. Jota would have been in Portugal. So at least geographically, Diaz is the one who's going to be knackered out of all this travelling in international football. 
Um, but you want to see Nunes and Jota keep some rhythm. Like they've got goals in this international break. See if they can take that form into Liverpool. So Jota on the left, Nunes down the middle, and Salah on the right. But I wouldn't be against Mino down the middle if Klopp did want to go for the fresher legs and they're feeling worse for wear after the internationals and Jota is still complaining about fatigue, for example. Tom, which way are you going? I think I'm going to go with uh, Theo's three and uh, dropping Diaz out of the team, just as you said, it's maybe it's going to be a bit of a tight turnaround for him. So, yeah, I think Jota is obviously more than capable of, of performing in his absence. So, Jota, uh, Nunez and Salah as the three. Yeah, certainly in agreement with that. Well, we'll see who's closest to being correct in terms of our teams tomorrow when team news comes out. We'll see how close we are in terms of match predictions at the end of the game as well, Gorsty. I'm going to go for 3-1 to Liverpool. What do you reckon it might be? Yeah, I was thinking about when, when Brighton went to Old Trafford and played United off the park and they did really show no fear, just kind of played the the team rather than the, the, the stadium and all that. Um, but I just think this... Coming, you know, the, the break that Liverpool have had might have just had a chance to kind of clear the decks, recharge the batteries, and all that. And I think we might just see something a little bit akin to, you know, what we've been used to. So I think Liverpool might just win it uh, 2 0. Good stuff, Theo. Liverpool win. Liverpool win, but no clean sheet. I'll go uh, 2 1. Uh, they've not been too convincing yet. They're a bit better against Ajax. Uh, I suppose it's because we've had the break here. Yeah, they needed that rhythm. It's going to be a bit of a rusty start, but maybe they'll get over the line for it. Yeah, it could be, could be fairly close. Tom, how do you reckon it might play out? Um, I might slightly contradict something I said earlier about not being too much in it. I think Liverpool will, you know, put in a bit of a performance. So I might go for three 0 I think it'd be important to get a clean sheet just after sort of you know a few tough weeks at the back. Um, and I think you know, I think going forward, there'll be a threat for Brighton. So, 3 0 is going to be my prediction. Excellent stuff. Wins all round from all of us, then we'll see how it plays out on Saturday afternoon. Of course, all the usual coverage from the echo, liverpool.com, and blood red in all of the usual places. Until next time, though, from all of us here, it's goodbye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.